Welcome to the Digital Dude Podcast. I'm here with several guests today. I think this is the first time we've ever had four people in the studio. That's right. First guest. Reed. Well, I don't know if I should call you guest. Uh, co-host. Co-host. <laughs> Nicole. Thank you. We have Nicole as well. Back again. And Adam. Adam Walters. Now we don't have you uh, with a treadmill like three feet behind you. It's my first time in the studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At all. You Like yeah. even like meetings you haven't had done in here. Nope. Man. What, do you, what do you think? Give us your evaluation. I like it. It's way more quiet in here than the other conference rooms. It's like actually soundproofed. Yeah. I feel like it's like you were saying that you love this room, Reed, but I feel like when you actually close the door, it feels like you entered another yeah. dimension or something because totally. it shuts everything out. Yep. It's also the decor. Shout out to my it's wife. It's very cozy. Yeah. yeah. Like she did a nice yeah. job. Is this where Reed takes naps? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think that's what Rand's doing in here that twice a day. That <laughs> fell off and still hasn't made its way back up. I don't even know where it is. Yeah, it's over here. Well- Put that up. I also, I love the new fluorescent sign that you have on the outside. I actually want to get one for like right behind us where the video is usually capturing. So in this case, behind the pole. Funny enough, they sent Miranda a green one instead of oh. a hot pink. So oh. if you're okay with. <laughs> Maybe do the green on the outside and the hot pink on the inside. I'm cool. I just know we have another sign. Great. In the, That's awesome. Yeah. Let's do it. Before All right. the, one of the girls lays claim to it, of course. Yeah. Well, you better sneak it in here. It's hard for to pull that kind of stuff Wednesday. Back. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're talking about um, the case study that was kind of joined, I guess, between paid media uh, and organic media, actually, and client yep. services. But uh, media mix, um, how how is attribution impacted when you add multiple platforms to a campaign? Is that right? To a campaign running search. Okay. Yep. So you might have a search-only account. If you add another platform, regardless of platform, is it good or bad? And then you guys dive into the specifics of each platform. So who, want, who wants to start? Do you, do you want to start, Nicole? You you don't want to lay claim to the blog post, uh, but, <laughs> but <laughs> you, you did I'll take claim for the blog post. I just think it was super easy to write because Adam seen pulled together some amazing data. Um, I think this is interesting timing as we talk about seasonality and how like Q3 is being impacted or delayed impact from what COVID had or COVID, how COVID impacted multifamily marketing, but we're just seeing such high budgets on search. And so what we really set out to do is to say, okay, we know, I mean, most marketers know a multi-platform approach is the best. It does deliver the best ROI, but how can we prove that with data from when you add other platforms? So it's not a just about adding SEO or adding display. It's about the longevity you've had for your campaign running search. And then what happens after you add on other platforms after like five months, for example. Yeah. And uh, we, for a long time, like you said, marketers have felt like there's going to be a difference, but it's hard to quantify, particularly in this industry that is very focused on the last click attribution and where they want to see calls in the CRM. And it may not, you may not see like SEO in the CRM, right? Or what do you, do you count website as for that or organic social in the CRM? Uh, so Adam, do you want to talk through a little bit of the findings along the way? Yeah. So we com compared a ton of things. We compared if you're just running search and you add SEO display or paid social to it, what's the effect of each channel? If you're running search and social, what's the effect of adding display or SEO? So we compared a ton of stuff, but I think the overall thing we found was if you're just running search and you add just one platform, um, all of these bottom line, like trickle down metrics really do improve. Um, so if you're adding, if you're just running search and you add social, I don't have the exact numbers, but your on-site conversion rate increases, your time on-site increases, I believe as well. And all these, you know, like I said, kind of like bottom line metrics increase. Um, kind of our next step that we want to get at 
our hypothesis is that by interacting with users and potential renters higher in the funnel, when they do get to your website, your conversion rate is obviously higher because they've been more familiarized with your brand. They know what you are, who you are, what your kind of amenity package, pricing, the whole kind of apartment vibe. But we're also assuming that your quality of conversion is much higher. Um, so now that we're connected to Entrada and Yardi and these other CRMs are kind of working through because they're already, you know, been educated on your property with, you know, how many units you have, or like if it's one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom units, do you have a pool? Do you not have a pool? What's your pricing look like? That when they do get to your website, they're already educated on that. So if they're filling out a contact form or making a phone call, it's a much higher quality and they're more likely to actually lease than someone who just found your brand um, when they search for Denver apartments for rent or something like that. Yeah, it makes sense. And Nicole, you had some data put together. So I don't, would you rather go through a, l- a couple of the individual highlight of platforms? I think the biggest highlight that we called out um, on the blog post, but across all the different platforms, was that when you added SEO to a paid search campaign, you saw we saw website conversion rates in Google Analytics increase by 371.4%. That's unreal. So that's is yeah, that is that like a, is that a screw up on our data or not? Because that that's unreal. Because our SEO packages max out at five hundred bucks. So right. You know. So it's not a big buy-in, really. You know, to get that type of result. Yeah, the other we thing, drop the mic here, but yeah. we're all wearing headsets, so I can't do that. <laughs> The other thing, and read this goes back to like what you're always pushing for, which is not only looking at Google Analytics, but Adam, you guys looked at like cost per Google My Business search yep. view. Um, and so yep. really trying to wrap it together more holistically. Yeah, we like to add in like the, the total media cost. So if you had $1,000 of search and you added $500, so you're now adding media spend of $1,500. So what's your, you know, KPI per $1,500? So that way it's not just siloed per channel. Sorry, I can't. I'm smirking, and if anybody not watching the YouTube wouldn't know, but Reed, you and Adam always competed for the lowest voice on the podcast. But oh, I feel man. like Adam must have started taking <laughs> testosterone. You're not. You're still in your thirties, right? Because yeah, like still in my thirties, still good. Adam's always had the deeper voice. <laughs> man, it just seems even more so now. Maybe it's the studio microphone over his normal. Or maybe so. my estrogen's flaring up. <laughs> yeah, but you started eating a lot of soy lately. I think so. That's true. That's true. It could be changing. Yeah. So you were saying. Well, I this came up when you and I were presenting uh, to Real Foundations on Friday, uh, where we were going through Fiona and identified through the SEO audit, and this isn't a plug for Fiona, but that their website page load was was 28 seconds or something. So I'm just using it as a good example, as Nicole's mentioning that ridiculous like improvement that you get when you're when you're running SEO at the same time. How can you convert on a site that has a 28 second load time? You can't. So and. If you don't have SEO, you might end up just throwing more money at it and just perpetuating actually the problem. And so I think it's, you know, the way I viewed it, I guess, positioned it is SEO plus search makes your money work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yep. And to be clear, it wasn't real. It wasn't real foundations website. It was an example property we were showing them. Right. That those, I didn't want them to think that we put them on yeah. blast or something. Especially knowing that <laughs> they do listen. <laughs> so yeah, it was not the found, a real foundation yeah. website. Yeah. So almost a four, uh, three and a half times better website conversion rate by just adding a small SEO package or an SEO package. Cause our average SEO deal size, I think is like $262. So like, um, it's not like you have to have a big package because you guys are pulling aggregate numbers across the portfolio. So that's pretty incredible. And as you s- said, Nicole, cost per view on Google My Business decreased almost 100%, mm-hmm. which is incredible. 
And then, of course, as you would expect, like conversion rates on page search itself went up. So like conversion rates went up by 93% by adding SEO. And so we also looked at like what's happening to your brand impression share, what's happening with the paid search metrics that we're already that we already know and love, but we also saw huge improvements there too. So how did you get a number on how much your search conversion rate improved as well? Just your paid search? Conversion rate and paid search from SEO increased by 32%. Wow. Because if uh, I think our average deal size on paid search is like 1500 bucks or 1600 bucks. It's like 1200 for the last six months. Okay, 1200 Okay, new number. Thank you. So even so, that means like you, you could spend about a $300 SEO package and you're still going to see at least a $300 uh, uh, dollar worth of conversion yeah. increase on your paid search, not even counting what you're going to get through your organic cha- uh, traffic, which we were saying is a total overall web conversion increase of three hundred and seventy percent. Yeah, I think you could just add that small budget, or if you have a, I mean, depending on where you're at in the leasing cycle and occupancy, if you have a fifteen hundred dollar or more search budget, I would definitely consider at least look at pulling some of that budget and doing SEO if you're not already. That's a great point. If you have a $1,500 search budget, even if you just swapped $300 of the search budget for SEO, you'll get at least the same conversions on paid search, but you also see the increase of web conversions overall. Yep. That's a good point. Well, if I could jump in here real world, and this is going to be mostly directed at Nicole, but you know, this isn't the first time I'll say that we've, um, communicated this out. Uh, certainly I think it's the most effective, uh, method or to date, you know, to have a, a case study like this, uh, to share with our clients and internally too, but where I want to take the conversation is why doesn't this happen more often? Um, why don't we see those two combined or multi-platforms, uh, with the majority of our clients? And it's not just about our clients. So I think I can say this about the industry, but often we'll see clients start with search and then eventually we get them to, to add SEO or another platform. And then also when we see clients get stabilized, a lot of times they default to search. Right. So I'm just curious, you know, from your perspective, Nicole, why you think that is and, and, you know, hopefully this, this will be something that will disturb their complacency a little bit about it. But if you want to share, you know, kind of your perspective on the behavior we typically see um, within the industry. Yeah, I think David hit on it up front, but I think it comes back to the attribution. I think clients and ultimately their internal stakeholders, whether that's the ownership group, they want to see what did I spend and how many phone calls or leads in the CRM did I drive? That's super hard with SEO because a lot of it is just, you know, either it's coming in as website traffic or it's a lot of the backend piping that helps convert leads for other channels. Um, so I think that's a huge part of it is the attribution piece. Um, I also think that maybe this is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's known in the industry that a lot of other agencies will say that they're doing SEO, but when you actually get into it, they're not doing SEO as we would categorize it. Right. So they're not updating meta tags. They're not updating ad copy or website copy. They're not looking at ADA. So I think, um, maybe in their heads, I think maybe our clients think oh, I have SEO with my website provider that's being handled. When you actually get into it, um, a lot of the things that we would consider attributing to these, these conversion rates we're talking about now are not being done. Cool. Well, do you want to talk about what, uh, some of the other platforms? I think you guys looked at, was it paid, uh, like paid, programmatic? Yeah. We talked about programmatic and paid social. Okay. Those four. Well, what do you want to hit? Well, first, somebody should probably define programmatic. It's a pretty general term. I just hit you with that on the, 
on the Friday call, so you're slinging it back yeah. uh, my way. Yeah, so programmatic tends to be a display that you're buying across the web. You're buying more audiences or interest groups than, than a single website. So you're not just buying like New York Times, but you're buying anywhere that you know someone with certain attributes may go, depending how you fe- how comfortable you feel targeting. So it could be I target anybody in the Denver area that does yoga, for example, that is also known as a renter. So it tends to be display, but programmatic uh, has expanded to where it includes some audio. It can include video, you know, a number of a n- number of other channels. But in this industry, it typically is display. So Nicole, you want to talk about programmatic then? Yeah, I mean, two quick stats. We also looked at website conversion rates, and that was a hundred and fifty eight percent increase in Google Analytics from adding display. Um, I think the other big one, though, that we called out here was that total media cost per lead. Um, decreased by 75%. So this one to me stood out as what we found is that it's just huge cost savings benefits yep. by adding display. Yeah. And I think that's mainly because like there's not, our display budgets aren't, aren't huge. So it's not like we're adding a thousand dollars of display in most cases, it's $300 extra of display. So it's similar to SEO. It's not a lot of investment for us seeing like that conversion bump up total. Wow. But 75% decrease in website conversions, meaning like form fills or the cost for them. Cost yeah, the cost. So what all might be tracked by website conversions? Yeah, website conversions are, so it doesn't include phone calls. Um, it's just schedule a tour, apply now, form fill. If you have anything else like a your chat bot might track or something like that, that we would count as a lead. Um, we wouldn't track like chat bot interactions like a resident making right. a maintenance request, but... But it's not like else. plus two page views or something, two no, plus no, no, page no. views. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard stuff, stuff that, as you're saying, yeah. applies or tours yep. or form fills. Uh, so not including calls because we're in most cases, we're not tracking all calls on a property. That's pretty, that's pretty stupendous. Um, and then your uh, website conversion rate was 158%, but the cost for it, as you said, Nicole was down 75%. And then um, do you want to talk about um, social paid social? Yeah. I was going to give this thought as our segue into social, but for display um, we found that site visit rate for Facebook ads increased by 20% when we added display. Mm -hmm. So now kind of bridging those two, talking more multimedia, if you're running search display and then social, we saw increases on your social campaign when you added a display campaign. So I thought that was really interesting too. Yeah. Uh, Site visit rate improved by 19% by having, uh, for Facebook. Right. When you added display. Yeah. All right. So how about uh, just social overall as you transition in? Yeah, let me get you some stats for that one. Well, I have your first one is conversion rate for branded terms on paid search increased by 76%. Yep. I think that's mainly, right, like the, they see it on one more upper funnel, upper funnel platform like Facebook, and they're just scrolling through their phone. They see it. They're like, oh, that looks nice. We have those canvas ads that are really pretty educational, I'll say, and that, you know, you mm-hmm. can see actual floor plans. You can see amenities, like that kind of stuff. And then they're like, it just registers like, okay, this is a, whatever it is, Denver Lofts. They look nice. Later in the day, they search it, they click on it. They've already been educated on the brand. They already know what your two bedroom floor plans look like. And then it's just a much easier sell. They see the paid ad, they click on it. Right. They, much easier they to, may go then to Google and search for the property by name because they've been sort of introduced. Yeah. And, Not a lot of people click out of the platform on Facebook, right? Right. So it's just something they revisit later on. But yeah. now if they're, instead of searching for apartments for rent in Denver, they're like, well, I already saw this one and it looked nice. So I'm going to search for whatever, Adam's Lofts and just go right there instead of doing the more upper upper funnel search where they could be introduced to your competitors or yeah. ILSs. 
And Nicole, you're showing uh, in the blog post, so I know we're going through a lot of numbers, but if you guys want to read the numbers, you can go uh, to the digital blog and look up the impacts of a multi-platform marketing approach. And uh, what you're saying there is that also the the cost per website click for Google My Business de- uh, decreased. Website clicks on Google My Business listings decreased by 91%. Yeah. I think it's just to Adam's point, like all this data just proves that people are not clicking through directly from Facebook. They're going through Google, they're going through other channels, but that the Facebook campaign does have direct attribution on what's happening on your website. And you can see that from some of this data from the cost savings. Yeah. And I think for context, so this was, this whole case study was over, I think like 670 properties total. So it wasn't like we just picked our worst search account and compared it to our best mm-hmm. social account or anything like that and like game the system. But it was over enough where we feel confident there's not like an outlier that's, you know, throwing the state away off or whatever. Right, right. That's a great point. Well, I think the big question is for our clients, for everyone, is at what point do you turn this stuff on and benefit versus spending more in search or more search? So let's just use simple math. But if you have $1,000 in search, should you or would you get a better result? And I'm factoring for not just leads, but kind of the overall picture. But you guys went through it with all these different metrics. Am I better off spending another $300 in search or adding $300 in programmatic or $300 in social or $300 in SEO? And the argument to do that, if you can actually show, hey, we just talked about this, you get a 300% increase in conversions if you add you know, SEO or whatever, is that you're not only getting leads out of doing that. So you can get there either way, right? If you spend another $300 in search, you're probably going to be able to get that same lead, potentially same lead count or conversion count, but you won't have, you know, filled out your marketing stack, you know, with, uh, with a, you know, smarter website, you know, like optimizations as well as like the rest of the media, if you guys follow me. Yeah. Cause I, that's the question I'd be asking is, can I just get what you guys just told me by spending another 300 bucks? It's like, yeah, but it's only in search. You haven't really done much else yeah. with your marketing. Well, to me, the moral of that story is you can get more leads and it's pretty, it's guaranteed, frankly, just about in paid search. These other channels though, dollar for dollar will help you get more leads overall versus if you just stuck with the paid search at 300 bucks. Right. So that's what I mean though. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it depends on a, on a couple things. One is how much are you already spending on search? If you're only spending $400, then yeah, you probably have room there to keep spending and, and not see that diminishing returns. But eventually you're going to hit a point of diminishing returns where every dollar you spend is less efficient than the previous dollar. So then I think the next thing to look at is one where you're at in your you know leasing cycle. Does it make sense? Do you just need these bottom line leads? And it, I think you could continue to add to search if you've already built up that upper funnel pipeline, but if you don't have anything up there and then it would be time to look more towards those upper funnel strategies too, is like close rate that you have on these leads. So like, let's say you need a cost per lead of $20 based on your close rate of whatever, 5%. So let's say you add more budget to social with those diminishing returns, maybe you're getting less quality leads or it's just costing more per lead. And now your close rate is four and a half percent, whatever. Uh, then I think it's a good time to be like, okay, we're kind of starting to see this, whatever, leasing velocity or performance like plateau. Maybe then it's time to say, okay, instead of adding that extra dollar to paid search, what's the next best thing based on where I'm at and property lifecycle that I should invest in that's going to like give me the next best ROI for my next dollar spend, basically. Right. So to Reed's point on the budget, um, because I think like a lot of people feel like even just maybe it's more efficient to add another product, but yet that's more for them to manage. And so they're like, shoot, now I got to get assets and figure that out and 
blah, blah, blah. So based on, you guys, at least this wasn't in the blog, Nicole, but Adam, just based on your gut instinct, at what point in a search budget should you start thinking yeah. like, oh, maybe another platform? Is it like at a thousand bucks, you start saying, maybe I should look at other platforms? Because you mentioned at $1,200, it, it yep. makes sense. But I would say at a thousand dollars, I would start thinking about it based on, you know, every, all yeah, lots of at, factors, yeah, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. But I would say around $1,000 when I would start thinking about it. If I were spending $2,000 or more, I would definitely heavily consider, be like, should I add something else? Unless you're lucky and you just have a massive budget and you got, I got $2,000 on search, I got $1,500 on paid social, I got mm -hmm. an SEO package, you got everything, that's perfect. But right. if you're at $2,000 and you're just doing search, I would heavily consider starting to add yeah. something Maybe else. Maybe swapping some yeah. of the dollars for one of the yeah, others. Yeah, I would recommend like pulling some budget yeah. from that. But yeah. And Nicole, your team, how, how are you guys using this information now as you talk to clients and, and or um, what about the, um, do you guys have like a default now of like, okay, this is the first thing I would be recommending in addition to paid search or how are you? It's going to depend it? on, you know, each client of like, what, what are they currently running? Maybe they are running some stuff internally. I would say it's really about changing the behavior of looking at what am I spending on search and what leads are coming in in my guest card attributed to that CRM number. And instead, could we look at, and we've been saying this for a while with Fiona, but can we look at what am I spending total on marketing and how many total leads and total guest cards do I have? That's where I think people really need to be focusing. Because once you get into the platform level, you lose that totally. like cross-platform like exponential gains that you see. And then I think you just get too granularly focused on some of the platform metrics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would guess a lot, look at their CRM and to Nicole's point, what channel got me the most leads? That's where I need more leads. I'm going to put more money there, which makes sense at a, if that's all you're looking at. But if you're looking at bigger picture, then I think it makes. Yeah. But you may be shooting yourself in the foot yeah. or something. Um, so get me going on Google analytics. Oh yeah. I just to avoid going off on a rant there, but that's the other thing I'd want to look at. Nicole's mentioning like bottom line, one thing about the bottom line, though, meaning the CRM data or guest card data is you have all the like market conditions, right? You always talk about street traffic. There's all these offline things that we know we don't really influence or control. And so I still think that makes a ton of sense. But when you look at the online analytics, that's where I feel the most confidence about mm -hmm. what we're motivating and what we're not. And that's where you would go at floor plan traffic, amenities, location, contact us, those kinds of things. And if you can really see that spike when you add other platforms, it's a great you know indicator to say, don't be a one-trick pony. Yeah, what I find, um, at least with the clients I speak to, is that they they have trouble running small tests like with with our campaigns i mean you guys did 40 something case studies adam last quarter and so we have the ability to like run different optimization tests pretty easily across the board whereas a lot of the third party managers they they don't seem to have it down to where they can be like all right i'm going to take this one property out of 10 and test this thing and and look at it over 3 months and then i'm going to change everything on the others so that's why i was trying to boil it down to like some just I mean, that would be great if they do, but if you take anything away from this, like as Adam's saying, like really easy placeholder, if you spend over a thousand bucks on search, you should be considering at least one second platform in addition to whatever ILS is you're running. Then um, if you're working with us, uh, Nicole's team can help walk through about what makes sense in this scenario for that particular property. But across the board, it looks like once you're spending at least over a thousand bucks on search, you should at least have another, at least one other platform that you're running. Yep. I think this becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy if you're just like, search gets me the most leads. So when I keep putting budget in search, it just becomes self-fulfilling. Yeah. And then to Reed's point, I, I totally agree. If you start looking at how many floor plan page views do you need to get a quality lead or something, then mm -hmm. just looking at that kind of stuff, like, well, 
I'm dying to see that correlation. <laughs> like we've got to get that, pull that together. And you mentioned some of the other stuff you were looking forward to Adam and maybe Nicole was too on the heels of this case study. What's next for paid media? What else are we trying to, to measure? And um, I'll maybe tee you guys up, both of you and, sure David will chime in too, but call analytics. Mm. So we now through, you know, our partnership with Dialog Tech can point to how many sales opportunities the AI classified, right? So it's like now by adding two or three platforms, did we see that we had more sales opportunities or less? So just trying to get to that kind of yep. low, lower in the funnel, but the call analytics on this, you could do a post postmortem or whatever, do it retro and say same 677. What did we see as far as the the quality of, of lead, uh, yeah, as well as the conversion. For sure. We excluded it from our past case study because we don't track every call for every property. But I think a way we want to get around that is with like those Jardy connections and it's looking at, you know, close rate. Does your close rate improve because we run on more channels and therefore you get a better quality lead and they're easier to close? Um, so does your average close rate increase if you add in paid social or something like that? Mm. It'd be interesting to with the data team to see if we could get the historicals. So you guys don't have to start from now. If you could just go right. back and add yeah. that to this yeah. data that you had done. Yeah, that would be great. Well, in terms of what's next, David, I know your team is working on and maybe, you know, with Adam too, organic social, paid social, like more of the organic side and how we're seeing that those platforms influence some of these metrics. So I don't know if you want to tease any of that. Yeah. Um, well, just what you said is like uh, uh, the team I'm managing at the moment does both SEO and the organic social, so posting or managing social accounts for clients. And they've seen a lot of great um, benefit out of out of that. So, for example, if an on-site team is posting versus if we're posting, we see um, a, a, almost a 4x engagement increase um, just from what they've built out and the way that they manage it. So we're, we would suspect that that would also help add to this, you know, on-site conversions thing that you guys are talking about or the, the branded search things uh, that you mentioned, uh, Adam. So, you know, we'll see how organic social comes, comes out of it, but for the most part, all the case study work they've done up to this point has just been in a silo for organic social about like, like for example, last quarter on average, they increased um, follower growth of every account by 9%. Uh, from before. So that's pretty huge increase just in one quarter. Um, so now we're trying to expand the, that, those case studies to be outside of the department and include in these other channels. So we'll see, but it just based on everything we've seen so far, it hasn't, none of the stuff you guys have looked at thus far says adding another channel doesn't help paid search. It seems like every other channel does help paid search. Yep. I would say like, if, if you're just looking at GA and to Reed's point earlier, and you're trying to just see like, does SEO or display, paid social, whatever. If you look at branded organic traffic, branded paid search traffic, or just direct, because those are all things that no one's just going to type in, you know, Riverwalk Apartments into Google and just be like, I hope that's an apartment somewhere near me, right? They're going to have to have heard about it somewhere or go to riverwalkapartments.com. Like, yeah, it seems like a website. I'm just going to, mm-hmm. you know, put it in there. So all that stuff has to be, whether it was a, you know, sign on the side of a bus or whatever, they had to have heard about it. Sign spinner. Reed's investing in science banners now. There you go. (laughs) I mean, maybe last thing I'll add to that point too, Adam, to your point on the brand awareness is that with all of the updates that we've seen with iOS 14 and losing tracking and not being able to report on as many like retargeting conversions, it's like that it all is impacting your website, but then also paid search is kind of cleaning up those visitors. So I think it's even more important to still have some of those platforms know that the industry is trying to like, kind of catch up on how we're going to track those, but that they, they all play well together. So rather than just killing display, for example, because you can't see retargeting, know to look at Google Analytics instead. Yep. Cool. 
Well, anything else anybody wants to add? Well, just two requests. One is the call analytics. I know we've done some stuff on that, but I'd love to see like a more robust uh, case study on that, maybe connected to this. Yeah. And then this one's a uh, point at you, David, but we haven't talked about it in a while. I'm just using this as a forum to tee this up, but is how much does reputation matter? Because we're really talking about conversions here. And so that's one of those things that there was an obsession, maybe for some mm-hmm. it still exists about ORM, you know, in mm-hmm. this industry. It's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta focus on that reputation. How much does it really matter? And you and I have said, and we've kind of oriented around as long as your three stars are above, you're probably okay. You can maybe check that box, but does it make a difference if you're 4.7 on Google versus a 3.1? So mm-hmm. that'd be fascinating too, to like, just lay that on top of some of the stuff you guys are doing and seeing if, seeing if that helps convert. Cause for me, if I'm shopping apartments and I see one that's a 4.7 and one at a 3.1, truly, I'm going to call the 4.7 first. So it just shows you like the conversions, you know, at least yeah. my own path would probably improve if you had a better, uh, better rating on Google. Well, particularly if you're the one that is most, that it just blows, if everybody else has kind of just 3.0, 3.2, right, everybody's, and then you just happen to have a 4.7, as you said, it, that grabs my attention because it's just so much better, right, right. particularly if there's a, a large number of reviews. So that'll tie in well. Um, we haven't uh, talked about it yet, but we are, um, starting a partnership with opinion and opinion helps uh, part of why I brought this up. Yeah. It helps generate more reviews for a property. And so we did a lot of work with that last quarter um, in our tests. Um, we saw that it increased review, review volume um, for this, for this portfolio. We tested increased by 40, by 50%. So they, they they had 50% more, more reviews at the end of the quarter than they started the quarter with. Um, and they were better overall. Like their average star rating was in, uh, it, it increased by like 15% or something on average. So, uh, it's pretty exciting stuff that what makes opinion different, um, is that it is that you can hook it up to Yardy or Entrada or what have, what have you. And then we set up campaigns for you. So if someone has a, um, after their tour, it would text message them and say, how, how did you feel about that? Or after your, um, after you get a maintenance request done. So instead of just kind of like having your onsite team ask for, some reviews, it's, it's uh, automated drip campaign effectively on your reviews. So if you have a 200 unit building, it might be asking 200 people a month um, to, to leave a review. So there are ways that, that the, what we're doing with opinion is normally with opinion, you can go buy it from them and I'm happy to make an introduction to everybody. Uh, but they, they're kind of hands off. They teach your team and your team has to manage it versus if you use us for opinion, we're, we're the white glove service for them. So it'd be, we're going to, manage the campaigns and make sure that we're not overloading your, your folks with review requests. We're going to manage all review, uh, all review responses that come through there. We're going to respond for you. Um, and so on and so forth. So there's a lot of additional white glove value that we're providing, but if you just have a need for something like that, I'm email me and I'm happy to hook you up with their founder. Well, anything else then? Was that your second request? Yeah. I just look forward to, you know, especially once we do get further in that partnership and hopefully get some more clients on board, being able to start to make some of those correlations between reputation and, and the, uh, the, the, gosh, the quantity, mm-hmm. you know, cause if you have a five-star review with three, three reviews, how much does that mean to me versus, yeah. you know, where's that sweet spot? I imagine like a Venn diagram where it's like, if you can get 50 plus at this rate, that's when you see conversions actually like a noticeable difference. Yeah. One of the things we are looking at is the number of reviews and the re- the um, recency of reviews and how that impacts mm-hmm. your Google My Business ranking. So um, basically with that data, we can combine it with some of the stuff Adam's already done to pull together what, what you're saying. But ba- 
effectively, if you have more recent reviews and you have more of them, Google favors you over competition. Makes yeah. sense, right? So, all right. stuff. Well, uh, thanks all for listening. I know it's a lot of data, but um, go check out the blog on the website if you want to read about it specifically. But otherwise, I hope you took something away. Later, all. Peace. Yeah.